in a world full of film and TV news. This just in. Breaking news for you now. Got to interrupt you here. We have some breaking news. Some breaking news. To another story that is breaking overnight. Three men have joined forces to bring you the Hello and welcome to the Weekly Cut Podcast, your number one place for all the latest in TV and film. I'm your host, Brad. This is co-host Connor T. Hello there. How are we? Back again. Uh, I'm very impressed with you. I've kept this uh, quiet. Me and Jade were laughing at your and Holly's Instagram things. The cutest couple, by the way, they have (laughs) ever been seen. We went out for my UK stag. Yeah. And how was you feeling the next day? Rough as. Rough as. Yeah. But where did you go? Wingfest in, in London. It was a good God, day as well. I have no idea. So food, foodies <laughs> all together come together Yeah, and just eat wings. There's one, one pound 25 per wing. Yeah. Two types of wings each stall. And you got to vote for your favourite wing. Do you know who won then? Do you- no, no, we left early. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And was there uh, any wings that blew you away? There were a few, but the ones that did <laughs> won the judges' choice. And I can't always call. It's like... Los Polos, Polonos, or something like that. Oh, my God, that's like, um, ain't that? Los Polos Hermanos. Yeah, 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 like from Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah okay. But it was a good time. Uh, for, it, to be fair, it did look really fun. When you done the videos of outside, there's people like instruments. And yeah, stuff. it was good. People was going for it. Oh, he said to me, um, do you want a beer? I went, not really. She went, I want a cup. So I had to have a beer. So you had to have a beer? Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, well, I just thought I'd check in because we was very impressed that you went out after the stag because we was all feeling absolutely battered. Good night, though. Uh, good night. Great night. Uh, right. Here's what's on your cut this week. Uh, Loki Season 2 trailer dropped today. We've got all the latest updates on the actors and writers' strike. Some good updates, so stay with us. Fantastic Four casting. Barbenheimer box office continues to blow up. Uh, Christopher Nolan top five movies ranked. Can't wait for that. It seems yeah. to be uh, trending. It was his birthday, etc., as well as Oppenheimer. So that's why everyone's dropping their rankings. Uh, and of course, we are talking about Secret Invasion finale. Don't usually do the Disney Plus shows because there's so much to talk about, but that seems to be getting a lot of traffic on the airways yep. for good or bad and we'll tell you what we think uh, follow us on Twitter at Weekly Cut and on TikTok uh, but for now let's get in the news let's start with the strike yep. good news great news as of today the unions and the um, studios are getting together so yep. last week the studio said F off yeah. We're not negotiating with you. And all the unions are like, we're ready to come back to the table. As of today, the studio's representatives have sort of given the green light to say we're ready to come back as well. So hopefully good negotiations can happen and this strike yeah. can end and the writers and actors can be paid fairly. Uh, but what's your sort of thoughts on the process at the minute? Where you? Yeah, that's good news. I've seen sense and they're, they're saying, right, let's come back and let's, let's have a chat. I think the backing of the actors, I don't think they expected that. I definitely... Do you mean like the A-listers? Yeah, the A-listers. I completely agree with you. Uh, and one factor sort of chuck in, uh, The Rock. Everyone must have seen big this. Big old DJ. Um, he made the largest single donation to the SAG union to support the strike. My man. A seven-figure payout. So what's uh, that? One mil to 9.9 yeah. mil? It was something between like that. Own pocket. Unbelievable. So I think that back in, they didn't expect that. <laughs> one thing I will say, do you know that red one? Uh, I mean, not not a, not a bad thing, by the way. D, we love DJ here, The Rock. He's brilliant. Um, but he's getting 50 million for that red one Chris Evans uh, Netflix movie. It wasn't even that good. 
He's well, laughing. No, that no, that's red notice. I think he got he got about fifty mil for that. Oh, this is oh, the, the Christmas. Christmas one that's been filmed with Chris Evans. I think he's like a military Santa Claus. Yeah. But anyway, it's called Red One, which everyone thinks is like a sequel to Red Nose. <laughs> anyway, he's getting 50 mil. So anyway, he's doing it. He's, yeah, I think that's really good. Connor, yeah. you made a good point there. We saw Jessica Chastain on the picket line. Top, you know, A-list actors yeah. coming out and supporting. And I think the studios, and also I think the studios are thinking, like maybe theatres at the minute because of Barbenheimer, don't, don't let people get away from the fact that their love for theatres. Maybe they're in the mood again because they've the love chart. You know I mean, so yeah. harness that. Don't don't go quiet for months and delay all the movies. Yeah, yeah. and I reckon they've probably got Tom Cruise going, fucking hell, <laughs> I want to promote my films. Get on with it. Just please. doing backflips outside <laughs> of the picket line. Um but unfortunately there is some delays. Yeah. Um the first studio Sony, I'll just go through a couple of them here. They have decided to push back some of the movies. Now remember the reason for this, we know they're all filmed it's because under the SAG union strike for the actors, they are unable to promote any of their movies, which is why, as we tweeted uh, weeks ago, the Oppenheimer, they all upped and left because once the SAG union uh, stroke or struck, sorry, uh, they can't promote. So we've got Craven the Hunter, which has been pushed back to August 30, 2024. That's just basically a year delay. Yeah, it's bad. That's huge. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel pushed back to March 2024. Uh, and the one that sort of sent the internet into a craze is Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse is delayed indefinitely. See, that's I can't get my head around that one. I don't know why that's indefinitely and the others have got dates. Well, good, because I'll tell you why. Oh, please do. Uh, I think that's a smokescreen. Ah. WhatsApp, you, you will remember this. Did, did you see all over Twitter? Might have been about a month ago. Um, basically, they were tr- the VFX for that movie was treated very badly. Yes. Um, and people were saying, we've not even started on Beyond the Spider-Verse, which is supposed to hit theatres in March 2024. Yeah. Um, and apparently they was given, like, they were working, like, 16-hour days, um, really, really treated badly. Um, and I think that's, they're using the strike as a way to sort of smokescreen the fact that they fucked up by treating their workers um, yeah. So I think that's more what it is. I don't think it's the strike that's making that delay indefinitely. I think it's the fact that they need to try and get the relationship better with their VFX to actually put them to work and do the movie. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense otherwise. It doesn't. So it's got to be that. <laughs> uh, completely agree. Um, but did, was this a matter of time for you before a studio started to push back some... Yeah, this is the first of many, I think. It's, it's a shame as well, because as, for people like us as well, which run a podcast... When films stop, we've got to, we've got to do other things. We might have to have a break, yeah, yeah. or or um, or think of be sort of creative with your content. So yeah. it has a knock on effect to everybody. The actors obviously are number one because they're the ones striking. They're mm. the ones that are underpaid. But the the insiders and people who do podcasts and people who do reviews and like magazines YouTube, like Empire, yeah. all that everyone suffers because the studios aren't paying. I mean, so we all remember COVID. Yep, that was. <laughs> Horrendous. Horrendous. That was horrendous. Um, but yeah, this, like Connor said, I think this might be the first of many, depending on how these negotiations go. I think productions like um, Deadpool 3, I'd be shocked if that isn't delayed. Yeah. I know it's only been a month so far, but it must be quite hard to get... You know when they're all called in again? Yeah. They've been stopped for, what, a few weeks now, nearly a month. They must be quite hard to go, right, you're all back in now. It must take some time to get all up and running. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, get back into it. Yeah. And like, I think those method actors... They've got to get back into character. Yeah, it's not like, oh, by the way, this Tuesday we're back on. So I'd be sh- things like that, I'd be shocked if that 
that stays. I think it's coming out in May 2024, so I just yeah. don't think that's going to make that. Bearing in mind, it's not filmed yet. But anyway, um, just a couple of delays there. Fingers crossed. But the great news, leave this segment uh, as we're about to move on. Leave it feeling hopeful that the studios are actually getting back to the table and speaking to the unions. The fat cats are coming back. The fat cats are coming back. Yeah. Fuck you, Bob Iger. <laughs> God's sake. Yeah, fuck you, Bob Iger. Uh, right, moving on. Speaking of Bob Iger and some of his IPs, uh, Connor, Marvel's Fantastic Four movie. Yep. Currently releasing on May 2nd, 2025, with filming set to start early next year. We've got no fucking actors. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> mental. Who's doing this film? I'm so bored. I'm sick of Marvel. I can't get this shit together. Uh, one thing I've got, well, I've got two things to say to you. First of all, Con, Adam Driver. Got some bad news here. You. You're a big fan of him. I'm a big fan of him. Yep. You like his hair. I love his big hair. Big build, big shoulders. <laughs> Is it great? He's, nice, he's like a specimen of a man. <laughs> a specimen. His face is a bit wonky. But he's a fantastic actor. Yeah. Uh, he's been rumoured to be frontrunner for Reed Richards for what feels like a year now. Uh, reportedly, he's passed on the role because he cannot connect with the character based yeah. off the, the current script, which is being rewritten, I believe. That's a shame, but fair play to him for walking away because if he took it for the paycheck and didn't do the character justice, he'll be hated forever that's a fair point so i think that's that's a good thing he's done it and as well fan castings don't always work out if you look at john kraz as it's fantastic didn't really work did someone's it? had a beer he's perked oh, up yeah i completely agree with both those points i'll tell you why don't we throw a little wild ball to you a wild ball that's a new one i'm, I'm sticking with it I love a wild, wild ball. ball to you con cillian murphy you saw it in the week he was asked about the fan casting of dr doom yeah can you see that yes or no I think I can see it. I think he he'll I think he'll get in shape in the in the right shape and build for it. And I think he'll play it fantastically. My only problem is I don't think the script will be good enough for him. Hmm. That's my only concern because Marvel unless Marvel shape up. Yeah. I think as it's going now <laughs> I'm going to be totally sorry. He, he said in the week, yeah, like I say, people may have seen this. He, when he was asked about it, he said, look, I'm always down. It depends on the script. Give me the script and I'll read it. Um, I'm with Connor there. I, I, I think he was being nice. I can't yeah. imagine Cillian Murphy. I know he'd done Scarecrow for, for Batman, but that was one, that was Nolan. And two, that was 2005, Batman Begins, when that came out. And then Dark Knight, 2008. Yeah. So I can't see him doing, after like Oppenheimer and Academy Award. Yeah, exactly. I don't, can't. I don't, I can't see him stepping into I that role. I think he'd smash it. Yeah, he would. Because he's just that good. Yeah. And just, all you've got to do is get in a big suit. Yeah, and just <laughs> so, sort of run about. Uh, okay, so I thought I'd just ask you both of those. Uh, okay, speaking of superhero, just for a second, Mr. Andrew Garfield, big fans of him, yeah. uh, spoke about returning for The Amazing Spider-Man 3. Uh, this is a quote-unquote from him. There's a story happening in a universe somewhere there's endless potential with this character and the different iterations. So, yeah, he's definitely out there doing something. That story never ends, whether we film it or not. What are we saying? Would you like to see him back? I know it's been going on since No Way Home. Would you like to see Andrew Garfield suit up for another movie or not? I would. And another I'll tell you, there's another back coming Yeah, up. I'll tell you the context I'd like to see him in. I'd like to see him, as we saw him in Far From Home, you know there's sort of something a bit wrong with him. No after, Way Home, you mean? Sorry. No Way Home, sorry, yeah. After Gwen died. I want to see him as, like, just maniac. Like when he said, I know what you're trying to say. So so he said at that point, um, I got bitter and angry and I started not pulling my punches. Yeah. You want to see that sort of like Logan, Logan type Spider-Man. Okay, that sounds really cool. Like a dark style Spider-Man where it's not all fun. And because this, 
We've got that with Tom Holland, haven't exactly. we? Yeah. yeah. So let's have a, a bit of a gritty one and a bit of a darker one. But not just don't do it like Venom. Yeah, just do, just do. Come Agreed. on. Well, speaking of Venom, there is no current Spider-Man in that Sony universe. Yeah, obviously Tom Holland's Spider-Man Four will happen eventually under Marvel Studios in the MCU. But what's going on with? I mean, would that would he not just slot in? And it feels to me like it's a really stupid reason not to just go look. Andrew Garfield take all these millions and come and do a Spider-Man movie. People adored him in No Way Home. Yeah. More than Mag- Tobey Maguire, if I'm honest. Yeah, I did. I love Tobey Maguire more, but he was so good, Andrew Garfield, in that movie. Yeah. And I just feel like it feels a bit idiotic that they've not gone, well, so Spider-Man's ours, we're Sony. Fuck Tom Holland at the minute. They'll do that when they get round to it. Yeah. Let's do a movie right now and make, I don't know, let's make seven to 800 million at the box office. Yeah. Andrew, what are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. Come, mate. <laughs> That's mask. it. Put a mask on. That's the extent of the negotiations. Uh, look, that's how that's how I feel of it. I think it's a bit of a waste, personally. Would you have Dark Spider Man, or would you want to see something different? I, I like that idea because that makes total sense off the back of No Home. There's two the two ways you could go. You could have the dark one, and we could see what happened between Amazing Spider Man two and when he was in that dark zone and not pulling his punches and he, he couldn't get over Gwen and he was dark and Logan type bitter. Yeah, or He's now following No Way Home. He's now rejuvenated. He knows what it means to be Spider-Man. He just had a mentor in Tobey Maguire, who was basically his big brother in that movie. Yeah. Telling him what it means to be Spider-Man. And you could then see a proper older veteran Spider-Man, because he's like 40 now, Andrew Garfield, I think. So you could do that as well. So that what I mean is there's endless possibilities for Sony. Yeah, it's, it, just do something. Just do, <laughs> just do something. something and do it. I think even Tobey Maguire would do like an, an older one. I'm not saying... I'd, I think it would make more sense for Andrew Garfield to do one. Yeah. But just do something with Spider-Man. I think Weekly Cut is just trying to tell you, Sony. We all like Spider-Man. Yeah. Just give us Spider-Man. It makes you money. Yep. We've got, in, we've got Across the Spider-Verse. We love that. We love Tom Holland's one. We love them all. Just give yeah, us it. Exactly. That's fine. Okay, right. Let's let's move it along. So, uh, Barbenheimer, my friend. Speaking of Silly Murphy a second ago, uh, box office continues to break records. Let's start with Barbie, who had one of the best second weekends in history. It has now crossed 775 million worldwide and will hit 1 billion this week slash weekend. That's mad. I read today that's on track to be the first female-led movie to reach the billion-dollar club. Did not realise that, yeah, but so now it makes sense. I can't solo female movie to reach the billion-dollar club. What did Wonder Woman get? That got higher, but not a bill, I don't think, then. No. Well, I don't know. Oh, good. you got your phone? What was Wonder yeah. Woman's box of? I swear that got a lot. Bear with Connor could be right done up here. I could be. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I could have to delete this whole podcast. Wait, wait, wait. 822.8 yeah, okay, fair million. enough, fair enough. So, um, hang on a minute. I've got another one to come Oh, okay. Up. What did Captain Marvel get? That definitely made a billion. Captain Marvel 100% made a billion plus. Let's have a look. Does it count that Samuel Jackson was in it? Okay, it depends that- what the fact is. What did that make? 1.31 billion. <laughs> so something's gone wrong here. No, but hang on, hang on, hang on. There, there, probably, it pro- there probably is a fact there around yeah. that. I'm trying to think what it would be, but um, again, it is fantastic for female-led. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is incredible. Um, I also feel like Ryan Gosling is top billion as well. He is. Do you know what I mean? I, I, know, I know it's Barbie, yeah. but he is, it's 
pretty much them two. It's Barbie and Ken. Yeah, so yeah. I think like, you know, so he, there's talk of him being supporting up for supporting actor in the Oscars because he was a very good at it. Yeah. Um, but like, I just think that's, that's not a supporting actor. Robert Downey Jr. supporting cast member. Yeah. But, and you know, Oppenheimer, Silly Murphy's the main villain, but yeah, I don't know. Them two for me were on par, but anyway, is that getting a, off, I'm getting off track. Is that a slap in the face to, so if he's up for best supporting actor in like, the Oscars, mm. is that a, a slap in the face to say superhero movies? Uh, Barbie, it's a bit silly, but that's getting that's Oscar a, nominations. But Super is a no-no. That's a very, very good point. It That'd be it. hilarious after all this. Yeah, the the because oh, I think it's what uh, Black Panther got an Oscar nom. Um, one, someone recently got one as well. I know Joker obviously got. Um, he won Best Actor, both Heath Ledger and um, Joaquin Phoenix. But in terms of movies, that'd be hilarious. That'd be mad. <laughs> Kevin Feige is going to lose his shit. Oh, yeah, he's pulling his hair out. Um, anyway, moving on to the other half of Barbenheimer. Uh, Oppenheimer, fantastic movie. We, we broke down full deep dive that movie on the podcast. Go check it out. Um, this movie has crossed 400 million worldwide and will hit half a billion this weekend. That's mental. We were saying it's going to make 67 million. Ridiculous. Something stupid like that. I can't believe how well this is doing. Uh, remember, it's a three-hour R-rated biopic. The only, I think, I saw a, a, a fun, well, not a fun stat, but I saw a stat today. Other, American Sniper has made about 560 mil. That's an R-rated biopic. And there was another movie which Oppenheim is about to surpass. On a, oh, Wolf of Wall Street is cool. a biopic about um, Jordan Belfort, wasn't it? A yeah. free, and that's a three-hour R-rated biopic. Um, and yeah, Oppenheimer's going to become the, the top billion. That'll probably get, I reckon it's going to hit 800 mil, I reckon. It's well deserved. 100%. It's, it's so deserved. And if you just want to see a spectacle, if you want to go see cinema, <laughs> got to go see that film. I don't even like that saying, but now I do. Yeah. Uh, and Connor's right. If you want cinema, and that's the, we're not, we're not just saying the cheesy thing like what Martin Scorsese says, but, um, it is the experience. If you want to experience filmmaking to a whole other degree, you want to experience acting performances to a whole other degree, from the visuals to the score, there's nothing to flaw. Uh, there's no flaw. Yeah. In filmmaking, from all those what we just said, Oppenheimer's one of those movies, one of the best movies of this decade so yeah. far. I know we're only a couple of years in, but it is I fantastic. Agree. Uh, speaking of which, Ooh. are you ready, big sir? Oh, just, so. Yes. <laughs> Christopher Nolan, first of all, celebrated his 53rd birthday on Sunday. So happy birthday to one of the greatest to ever do the game. HBD. HBD. Uh, so everyone is doing their Nolan film rankings. I've seen it everywhere. So of course the weekly cut need to have their say. So I'm starting with Connor as always. Give me your top five Nolan movies. I've got a list up here. Now, just this full disclosure, there's some films I haven't seen. So the fo- uh, following I haven't seen... Insomnia, The Prestige. Um, I haven't seen those films. Prestige is so fucking. I know. I need to see it. And I haven't seen. God, it. it's so, so good. They could be included, but I haven't seen them. So yeah, that's fair enough. Um, shall I start one to five? Five. To yeah. One? Uh, start with five. Okay. Now this is where it's tough. So this is your fifth from best. Yeah. Ooh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so number five, I am going to go. Now this was a. A toss-up. Why am I nervous? Now, I think the Prestige could have probably got in here if I've seen it, but for me, it's out of Tenet and Memento. Okay, fair enough. And I think I'm going to give it to Tenet because I, I really, the score, the effects were brilliant. 
The story was brilliant. A very misunderstood movie, Terry. Very misunderstood. I misunderstood it. I'll be totally honest. Connor come out of that movie really praising it at the time. Yeah. I misunderstood it, and I've rewatched it it twice now. It's so good. I yeah. completely agree. So that's your fifth. Uh, fourth. I'm just wondering if I've, I've fucked up already. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have. What have you done? I think I have. So um, you missed the big one or something? Let me go number one. I'm going to go one to five. All right, go on. Go one to five. Let me flip it. So number one, Interstellar. No question. There was no, if you've listened to the podcast, Connor's, that's Connor's sort of greatest movie ever. So yeah. I, I knew that was going to be it. I fully get it. There's no question about it. Number two, Inception. Over the Dark Knight? Over the Dark Knight. Oh, mate, I nearly threw this bottle at you. Inception over the Dark Knight. I, oh, love, it. I love Inception. Cool. I, I adore Inception. That's good. So high on my list, but wow. Yep. Number three, yeah. Dark Knight. Okay. Number four, This is the one that got you a bit nervous. Yeah. Uh, what, have I done? what have I done with this list? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let All me... you needed to do was give me five. So, Interstellar. No, I did have Dark Knight over Inception. I had Interstellar. Yeah. Dark Knight. Yeah. Inception. Oppenheimer. Tenet. Right. So we got there. We Sorry. got there in the edge. Sorry. Jesus Christ. Right, give me that again. So, Interstellar, Interstellar top billing. Yep. Greatest Christopher Nolan movie in your opinion. Ever. Then you've gone The Dark Knight. Dark Knight is flawless. Then you've gone Inception. Yep. And then it's Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer and Tenet. How close was those two, Inception and Oppenheimer? They were unbelievably close. <laughs> Do you know what I think tops it? The emphasis it? on your face. Right? <laughs> Do you know what I think tops it? Go. I think Inception, the score I preferred, and because Inception had action, and there was that element to it as well. Okay, so it, it, it juggled more in terms of filmmaking. That's a fair point. Yeah, so that, that's why I put it in there. Surprise you, people. Oh, go on. Okay, number one, no surprise, The Dark Knight. It's yep. my favourite movie ever. I think there's no film that will ever, ever get that level of action, storytelling, score, visuals. 10 out of 10 on everything. Yep. Not even a 9. There isn't even a 9 out of 10. <laughs> a movie. And I remember rewatching it uh, for the, I don't know, 900th time. And every time I rewatch it, and I go from scene to scene from the one of the best that's the, that is the best opening to any movie is that bank robbery scene yeah. by the way in my opinion obviously it's just me um, every scene is brilliant there's no scene where it's like hmm or that was that was alright or it's just every scene is just a banger like I probably obviously you've watched it many times yeah. but that for me is just never going to be top. so that's number one yep. uh, number two surprise Oppenheimer number two Oh, Jesus Christ. I think it was so... Cl- the next three, they all sort of... Depending on what mood I'm in... Your three no, better not be any other word than the next word coming out of your mouth. I know he, he really wants me to say it to Stella. <laughs> but right, my my, um, my second, my third, and my fourth, all yeah. like I say, they're all like nine out of ten movies that just, depending on what mood you find me in, I could change. That's fair. And they are... It's Oppenheimer, number two. Yep. Then it's Inception. Then it's Interstellar. Yep. And my fifth one is Batman Begins, because I do think that is fantastic. Uh, Prestige, I only decided today. Prestige was in, then Batman Begins was in, then that was in. Memento comes really close. Yeah. It's so, so compelling. Um, But yeah, it was between Prestige and Batman Begins. But I'm happy with those. But my Oppenheimer, Inception, Interstellar. Like I say, they are so good. Nine out of ten movies yeah. that I just really struggled to place. I think Interstellar's 
a different animal to me. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat because I'm getting all welled up here. <laughs> this isn't him getting choked up. He just got golf. Interstellar is just the visuals. It's it's quite similar to Oppenheimer with the visuals. Yeah, and the score is quite good. Interstellar score is the best score. Yeah, Anzim has ever written. He's he's even con- said that. He's hasn't confirmed he? it. Yeah. Um, but I think the the twist of the story. Obviously, you can't do it with Oppenheimer, but the twist of the story. <clears throat> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm really sorry, listeners. I'm really sorry. This is what Nolan does to him. <laughs> the, the twist of that story is, I don't think you'll ever find a better twist in the film. Do you know what? I do agree with that. It's really tough because I think the reason I've given the nod over Inception and so for me, Inception, this is where I get difficult. God, this is a good chat. Yeah. So Inception for me, the story is outstanding. The story, how they do the dreams and the whole point of it, I think is just brilliant. Yeah. And that's why, that's probably for me, in my opinion, the best story. Interstellar then has the score and the visuals. Yeah. So Interstellar's got those. But what? Why Oppenheimer's second, and it's probably a bit of what they call recency bias, is that I don't remember being affected by a movie like that. I yeah. for, for days after Con, like after I'd watched it and I was like, and I messaged you going, I've just witnessed cinema. That was the words that come out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, I was sitting there 48 hours later, 72 hours later, even after we'd done our podcast breakdown, and I'm thinking about it. That ending is probably one of the best endings I've seen in a movie. Yeah. Um, it affected the ho- my whole audience was affected. Maybe the experience is what's propping me putting up on either. But yeah. So anyway, they're all nine out of tens for me. That is a tough, tough ranking. It's, yeah, it, it can go either way. <laughs> but I think as well with Oppenheimer, because you can't stray too much. He's yeah. worked with what he's got and he's made a masterpiece. Exactly. Completely agree. Uh, well, that's it. I'm going to tweak that, Connor's and Brad's rankings out um, and see what people think. But uh, for me, it's uh, the top billing is Dark Knight and Connor's gone into Stella. Yep. That was so obviously going to be panned out. Best film of all time. <laughs> right. Let's move on to trailers. Back in the game. Uh, right. Loki season two. Been waiting for it. Yeah. I've got some things to point out and speak about. But I need Connor T's stamp. Is this correct me if I'm wrong? Favorite MCU show? It is. The bar's low, but <laughs> it's very low. But yeah, it is my okay. favorite show. Um, I watched this trailer and I was really torn. I got a bit upset. Oh dear! I won't lie, because I really, 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 really want to like the show, but MC the MCU a film with no confidence, oh. and I, I just cannot get excited for it. Because I'm thinking, you've shown me a really this good trailer. on brand damage, by the way. Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah. you've shown me a really good trailer, and you've got um, Tom Hiddleston in it, and you've got Owen Wilson. Wilson in it, and you've got a great story. Season one was brilliant. But because you fumbled so many bags, and we're going to get on to later on, because you just produce shit, are you going to follow the same train as the last series you've done? So I just can't get excited until I see it. Do you know what? Fair enough, because I thought we would just be battering back and forward how good this trailer is and how much we love the first season but we have got a podcast and yeah. that is very a very good point and question to raise the brand damage is is very real yeah the ms this this whole i feel like i've been saying for two years so sick of the marvel and we were big fans of the mcu phase four was just really really shoddy yep and underwhelming and now phase phase five's got off to a rough rough start with quantum mania etc and, and thor love and fun all that all that stuff um and yeah the brand damage is so real that even fans of the first season your faith is shattered yeah and i just 
I want to get excited. The trailer itself was really good. The action was good. Tom's just a, a god, literally, and <laughs> in the nice. show, he's just brilliant. I'm glad that um, Jonathan Majors was shown. Yes, I am glad he was. Yeah, shown I am because nothing yet is one proven. shot, but yeah, he's he will have a big part to play. Yeah, and I, and I think he, um, I think they've they've made the right call putting him in just a little bit, but not too much yet. Don't go mental. Let's yet. See what happens with the court case. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> down. But I think there is potential for this to be really good and it could end up that Loki is just carrying the whole of the yeah, MCU I completely agree uh, I'm loving it was the same thing I loved in the first season the buddy cop relationship between Owen Wilson and Loki the MCU shows tend to get one thing right um, and that's the actors and the top billions for example Moon Knight we wasn't big fans of that nah. no not at all but how good was Oscar Isaac as uh, Stephen and, and the different personalities and stuff like that yeah. he was fantastic but then the story was just so weird and shit and it didn't really make sense. Yeah. Um, and same with even Miss Marvel was something as bad as that. She was great yeah. in Miss Marvel, but the story was so bad. Oh, it was really bad. And it was the same with She-Hulk. Tatiana, uh, Tatiana Mislani, I think her name was. Again, really good. I loved her as loved, She-Hulk. But the story's just shit. Yeah. And even to some extent, I'd like it more than I did when I first watched it. I think it's actually a bit of a quite a good show. I think WandaVision... Is actually quite good. It's otherwise. <laughs> yeah. yeah I do as well. um, but they had Paul Bettany and, and Elizabeth Olsen, two powerhouse actors. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it, it sort of squandered a little bit. Same with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Literally every single one. Stan, uh, Sebastian Stan, Andy Mackie, fantastic. But the story. Yeah. So the, the clearly the issue is the writing. Yeah. Um, and they need to sort that out. Um, but yeah, lo- I'm loving that. Tom Wilson and Owen Wilson have what all those what I just mentioned, top billion actors, powerhouse actors. But the story, in the first one anyway, was so good, that's why it was a great show. Yeah. Because you had them two working with actual dialogue and scripts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm loving that about it. But my hope is they don't... Uh, obviously, we want to see them travel across time. But I want to see them travel across time. I don't want to be in one time period for too long. You've got to keep going. I completely agree. I think we are going to get that. I think so. Yeah. I think we are. So, yeah, he's he's got um, a bit of a time... It's called a time slip. Yeah. And that's what they're trying to figure out how to solve. He's slipping through times. Um, and that's where we see Ki Hu Kwan, Oscar winner now. Yeah. Uh, from Everything Everywhere All at Once. So good to see him. He's better cute. <laughs> he is. He's better cute. Oh, man. Um, he seems to be like the, uh, the Q from James Bond where he makes all the gadgets and stuff for the TVA. Um, really good to see him. Uh, and uh, as as Connor mentioned, we did see Jonathan Majors as Victor Timely. We last saw him in the Quantumania post-credit scene. Uh, and then one thing I just thought I'll end it on: how good is the the last bit when it, the trailer ends and it goes the God of Mischief pauses. Always have been, always will be. And yeah. then there's a really big action shot. Yeah, I did. I really like that. He's so good. Yeah, and and the line that got me as well. He said, "Um, uh, we're playing God," and he goes, "I am a God." brilliant fantastic yeah. easy dialogue landed yeah. uh, but anyway Connor's got every right to be cautious that that's what Marvel's done at the minute um, hopefully this can give Marvel a bit of a win a bit like Guardians did out of nowhere yeah. finally a good story and a good movie maybe this could be a good story and a good show yeah who knows fingers uh, crossed speaking of good stories and good shows would you like to speak about Secret Invasion before we wrap up <laughs> I guess we have to <laughs> I suppose we have to uh, Connor Thomas yes Budget for the six episodes. You aware what the budget was? No, but you're going to tell me something ridiculous. Yeah, but just leave if you want. Two hundred and twelve million for six episodes. 
Oppenheimer und Sachen, die wir nehmen. Oh, wir stoppen. When you put it like that, Connor? Wow. That's, that's mad. June was 160 million. Yeah. June. What are they spending on? I don't know. Like, legit, if, you watched, if you've watched all the, the things, where has that money gone? I don't know. Because man. there's some... I, th- I think they did reshoot a lot. Yeah. So I think it, it probably went up a lot. But even if you even if 40 million reshoots, right, that's still, what, 170 million, give or take. Yeah, and there weren't 170 million worth of VFX. No. Six, it's a six-episode limited series. That's mental. I think I think um, Game of or House of the Dragon had a budget of I think it was about twenty million. Yeah. Or for, per episode, but that's a like all the you know costumes. I saw that this point was made online loads of times. That's got big, massive CGI dragons. Yeah. All the um, outfits have to be is like you can't just in this. Sam Jackson's just wearing a leather coat. He's got an H&M. Yeah, H- like H&M clothes and people wearing hoodies. And yeah. In House of the Dragon, you've got to be made all these, you know, period piece drama. Yeah. So how are shows like that cheaper than this? It just doesn't make sense. It's like Disney and Marvel feel like they have to spend the money for it to be good. Don't, I just don't. They, they've got to sort themselves out with that budget. Um, now, the finale, Connor knows about this, but it's got even worse. Oh. The finale is the lowest rated MCU Disney Plus episode ever. It's dropped to 8%. Oh, Jesus. It's not been received very well. That's really uh, bad. We're not, we're not going to do a breakdown. We just wanted to get our points across. And if people had a good time of it, it'd be interesting to hear your point of view um, on the, w- when we tweet out the podcast. Um, so I just want to ask you for the question first. What did you make of the series before the finale? Forget the finale just for a second. I... I was enjoying the series, and I was looking forward to each week to watch an episode. If you listen to our bo- um, What's on Our Screen segment, we was quite enjoying it. Yeah. We absolutely were. We were, I think, three and four was like, yes, it's really good comment for next week. And it got to episode five, and then we started to slow down thinking, okay, we didn't really get a lot, and we've got one more episode left. They've got to finish with a <laughs> banger. And now I, I think that's probably accumulated to... A low rating because we we needed a lot and yeah. didn't get anything really. Because don't get me wrong, eight percent is harsh. It's not an eight no percent episode, but it is a fucking bad finale. Really bad. Uh, and why maybe it's so bad is because I've put down here it started off so strong. Spy espionage grounded. Connor even done a big massive sigh at one week because it was like oh it's refreshing yeah. not to have these big CGI shit dialogue it was you know it was a bit a bit like the espionage thriller type yeah. thing it was really cool and then the finale comes we'll get onto those points in a minute um i one thing i wanted to note down here they've waste what a cast they've wasted as well oh massive amelia clark olivia olivia coleman even that uh, chris uh is it christopher o'donnell christopher mcdonald sorry shooter mcgavin from happy gilmore <laughs> who was playing the tucker colson type person yeah pointless in this yeah um it's, you know sam jackson ben mendelsham uh, Kingsley Benadir, who is such a good actor, yep, but wasted his villain story. Anyway, um, did they waste the cast? Uh, it was wasted. I mean, the only thing I'd say was Olivia Coleman was standout for me throughout this yes, whole thing. Hundred percent. To watch her was probably was a joy because whenever, whenever she was on the screen, I thought I want to see more of you. Yes, I'll just watch a show with her in it. Yeah, she was that good, I think. But she was wasted than where she was. 100% agree. I yeah. would watch a MI-16, I think, or whatever they were bloody, MI-13 or whatever they were called in the show. 
the English Shield, we'll call them. Um, I'd watch a show of Olivia Colman doing Fury shit. Oh, it's brilliant. Uh, fantastic. Um, I don't want to get into a breakdown, so one more question for you, and yeah. then we'll move on to some some of the stuff we didn't like in the in the show, in the finale, sorry, and then we'll wrap up the, the episode. Um, so, the six-episode limited series, Connor, as a TV fan, mm-hmm. surely this they just need to know this doesn't work. Yeah, there's not it, enough time. When you think of shows like Stranger Things, um, the boys and stuff like that. All the characters have incredible arcs. The boys is just flawless. Yep, they all have arcs and heart and and feeling, and they all they all don't get pushed to the side. They all get their moment in the sun, and and it's just and then it all comes full circle, and it's like, oh yeah, I now care about this person. Yeah, six episodes is not enough. No, it's just they're just rushing through the whole thing, and it's just let's get it done, let's get it wrapped up. Exactly, and it's like, well, what's the rush? You've got a big. 260 million dollar <laughs> budget uh, why are you rushing exactly oh. uh, that's why it's a good thing uh, Daredevil Born Again they're, they're doing two parts nine episodes each yeah TV rating mature so it'll be dark so yeah hope maybe they're learning and they're gonna, none of this limited series it does not work no. it just pointless what a waste of 212 million pound that was yeah I feel like what a waste of six weeks yeah it's it was, such a waste what a waste yeah uh, we'll move on because it, it's a shame we're not we don't want to dog the show too much because we really really did enjoy it and like people like Samuel Jackson it's probably the best he's played Nick Fury yeah and it's so frustrating because you had such a good cast and anyway I'm gonna get upset um <laughs> right let's just uh talk for a second about um one thing that was missing from the show is these big scroll reveals I don't know if you were feeling that the, the whole point of secret invasion is supposed to be the it could be anyone yeah and oh my god you're a scroll and oh my god you're a scroll yep there was hardly any of that and one of the big ones was roading. Yeah, that was the big one. Uh, what did you th- What did you make of it? Did Did it hit and hit you in the feels at all? Was you confused? What did you make of that? It didn't really hit me. I don't know why it didn't really hit me. And I thought it hit me a bit when he come out of the. Do you reckon it was because it was increasingly obvious that he was a scroll? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was so obvious, and it's like we was waiting for the reveal. Yeah. And I think. What's, what's quite hard to believe for me is that he was the only one out of all the Avengers. and Every superhero, he was the only Good one point. that was scroll. Good point. But then it, I think it raises more questions because it's like, well, how long for? Yeah. You haven't told us how long. What a fantastic segue because I'm going to wind you up now. Go on. Uh, everyone was asking that question. I assumed Civil War because he was in a gown and at the end of Civil War, he goes into an MRI machine in that blue gown. Oh, yeah. So it makes me think that he was roadie in Civil War, and then when he gets injured and he falls from the sky and he goes in and gets his legs repaired, yep. he was taken then. That was my takeaway. Then Al Selim, the writer, this is everything wrong with Marvel Studios right now. Um, the writer of the series, Al Selim, said he thinks that things point back to 2016's Captain America Civil War and believes that's where Rhodes was swapped. Why is that not a definitive point of the MCU where everyone knows exactly when Rhodey was taken? So yeah. that just tells me they've not got a plan for these phases. No, that's the thing. And someone like Fargo should, should be saying it was there. James Gunn coming forward, if that question was raised, he would say it was here. Yes. This is the date. This is the film. This is the scene. I think. It's, you're the writer. So was he just given do what you want with the show then? Was he not had any overarc from Kevin Feige saying, right, no, this thread, this thread is going to move into Armor Wars with Don Cheadle, that yeah. MCU series that's coming. And then this thread is going to go into uh, the Thunderbolts movie. 
There's none of that at the minute. No. And the writer of this show, something as big as Rhodey, Don Cheadle's character Rhodey, um, they, no one actually knows when he was taken. Yeah. They're going to make this up in post and we'll, we'll find out another show. Uh, so at the minute, that geezer, Rhodey, don't even know Tony Stark is dead. He's best mate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. It's like nobody's driving a ship. Yeah, exactly that. Anyone, everyone's just chipping in here and there. Everyone's having a little steer and he's just he's going to go into the rocks. Why did Ke- Kevin Feige's got hands off and I don't understand why. No, I don't understand why. It, and that, that's the that's the biggest issue at the minute. But we'll, we'll move on from that because uh, I want to now talk about <laughs> <laughs> the most powerful hero in the MCU, Amelia Clark's Gaia. Uh, Connor, this was an absolute disgrace. Yeah. Uh, Whilst Connor gets a little something up to to read out, I am just going to go through that this was the major plot point of the series. It was about Bensley King, uh, sorry, Ben Kingsley Adir's um, uh, character Gravik. The whole point of that villain, he wanted to get the DNA of something called a harvest. Yeah. Now, what hero slash villains was in that harvest? It's quite a big list. Um, so, Abomination, Black Panther, Captain America, Captain Marvel. The Chaturi, uh, Corvus Glaive, Col Obsidian, Drax, Ebony Moore. Who's Ebony Moore? Uh, that's enough. Uh, he's the one that had telekinesis oh, yeah. um, in Infinity War. Uh, Extremis, Frostbeast, Gamora, Ghost, Groot, Hulk, Korg, Mantis, The Outriders, Proxima Midnight, <laughs> Thanos, Kinell, Thor, Valkyrie, and the Winter Soldier. Thanos is enough there. Well, do you know what? How, what a good point that is, because you just named, Connor, uh, Thanos, Hulk, Carl Obsidian, Abomination. Yep. Is there another one in there? Even Thor, to an extent, because you haven't got his hammer, so you can't have you can't get Mjolnir or Stormbreaker's powers. Yeah. That's, that's an enchantment from Asgard. So you just got his strength. So that's... Why do you need all of those? Because Hulk's probably the strongest out of all of those. I, yeah. think, I think it's even said... Hulk's actually stronger than Thanos. Thanos is just a better fire, which is why he clarts him Fresh in client. Infinity War. So why, why have we? you just named me six the, massive power? Pick one. Yeah, pick one. And then you've got Captain Marvel as well. That's enough on its own. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So why do you need Captain America or Gamora? Yeah, they're, they're useless. It's pathetic. This, that is one of the worst decisions of yeah. the MCU by far. Why have they got all those people in there? This was like, and this, can we get onto that fight scene? Yeah, yeah, do, yeah, we're on it. Go so for it. So the fight scene was like, if you've got kids and they're like toddlers and they're playing with toys, yeah, this was like to a kid playing with toys. What outstanding example! It's ridiculous, and it's such a shame because we had a grounded espionage spy show. Yeah, and now as Connor's just put <laughs> put perfectly, we've gone into a CGI smudge fest of two toddlers fighting with the exact same powers, which yeah. is like the worst superhero trope ever. And the worst thing as well, they keep getting the same powers out. They keep getting the Groot arms and they keep getting the um, cool guy. Yeah. Do you know, other than, I mean, there was a cool, there was a couple of cool moves where um, Gaia done the mantis sleep on him when they were falling. Yeah. That was quite cool. She also done the ghost thing where I think he threw a car at her and, and she done the ghost, like, what's it called, phases through oh, the yeah. car. Yeah. But yeah, there wasn't a lot of, even though we had all these things, it was more just, look at my arm, it's Drax. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which looks horrendous. Really bad. Here comes a punch. So bad. So it was more a case of look at my big arm. Oh yeah, that's abomination. Oh now that's Groot. And it was just a, it was a fuck up. It was really bad. I don't know who made his decision. Well, I'll tell you, it was Kevin Feige. 
he wanted a one-on-one super scroll fight like that. And super super scrolls are good. Yeah. But maybe maximum of four, which is like the comics, maximum of four powers, please. Yeah. And and now we've got Gaia just walking about as this big fucking super superhero, unstoppable. Are we gonna? Do you reckon we're all jokes aside? Do you reckon we'll ever see her again? We'll never see her again. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll say, oh, <laughs> and we'll say, where's Gaia? Yeah. In all this, and they'll be like, oh, I don't know, she's off world somewhere, yeah. and you never see her again. Uh, I mean, you've just perfectly brought up all the things I wanted to raise. Uh, and the last thing I, I've got to mention before I come on final thoughts for you is that, again, it doesn't bode well for the MCU because I think it was the last show. She-Hulk was the last show, I believe. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Um, the finale of that took the piss out of exactly what this finale done. Yeah. It said you don't need the big CGI fight. Oh, he's in. He's smash, smash. And that's exactly what this finale on Secret Invasion done. Yeah. So how can you not realize that the MCU show prior to this one literally made fun of the facts of finales like this and then you go and do that finale? I'll definitely watch it. That, yeah. Did they not realize how mental that looks? Whether She-Hulk was shit or not, because I didn't like that finale. Um, But, You've made that point now. Yeah. And the preceding show, the following show of your brand, you do exactly what... I think they I think they edit the show together and they put it on Foggy's desk and they call him up about a week later and go, Kev, is that all right? And he goes, oh, yes, yeah, so I can put that out. He hasn't watched it. Yeah, hasn't watched it. So yeah, go on, yes, yeah, so I go on. No, that'll do. It's just fine. check it out. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, uh, I mean, Gravik, he was he was so good. What an actor he is, uh, Benadir. Brilliant. Yeah wasted at the end he was sort of like how did he not know we all knew it was bloody Gaia and not Nick Fury yeah exactly um so obvious be a little bit suspicious and then he was beat really easily and yeah just what a ruined character that was I just think they fumbled that big time massively yeah I think it brought the whole show right for me it brought the rating for me down to the show right down yeah it's a shame any final thoughts you got mate um no, Marvel just needs to get their act together because it's really bad. Get your act together now. Uh, nothing more to add. I think we'll move on swiftly to what is on our screens. Tell me! Loki, nice. Yeah. Good to hear from you, Loki. Yeah. Uh, what you got, mate? Um, I'm carrying with the bear. Oh, nice, yeah. I've watched episode two of season two now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm liking it more. Uh, the final episode of season one is really like gets you in the feels. Doesn't it, it does big time. Yeah, it's quite uh, tough to watch, but it's really good. The acting is phenomenal. Uh, some of the later episodes in this season two is some of the best telly. Yeah, I've heard that. Just, just wait. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. The, the acting's phenomenal. It's one of them shows that is it's it's so easy the story, but it's not. Yeah, and that's why it gets you because the the threads and the loops is so brilliantly done. Yeah. Uh yeah, can't wait um from the season three. I really can't. And that one take episode, I said to Holly, I said, How good was that? She went, What do you mean? I said, I didn't cut hole. It's so impressive. And she went, Oh yeah. I went, it's really fucking good. And it's Brilliant. so tough to do as well. Incredibly tough. Yeah. Uh, love yeah. it. Obviously just Jeremy Allen White come out of nowhere that that fellow who plays Carmi in it. Oh yeah. Just brilliant. Oh so yeah. good. Um I think that's all I've watched. Really? I think it is. I'm quite low on this week. I've only yeah. got one, and I'm I'm not staying on this for long. It's The Witcher season three. Oh yeah, what embarrassment! They, I know. Do you know what? Fair enough, Henry Cavill, because you saw he he started seeing in season two that it was going down a path that is not good. Yeah, and he basically said, "Sort it out, or I'm leaving." And you know, obviously, he did. People think it was because of Superman. It wasn't. 
Um, he's a massive fan of The Witcher and the writers just can't be asked. Yeah. I said this, uh, this wasn't a joke what I said to Connor in the group chat. I, I said to Connor that what I think happened was the world went nuts. I know you wasn't a big fan of The Witcher season one, mm. but the world went crazy oh, over yeah, it. Yeah, we're mad. And it was like, oh, it's the new Game of Thrones, blah, blah, blah. And it's because you they got Henry Cavill, looks fantastic in a white wig yep. and it's action. And then they just sort of didn't care about the story following from that. And then it just fell away, and it was a really, really bad season three. I'll be, I'll, I'll be shocked if they even bring out the season four. Liam Hemsworth, it was, it was shocking. Yeah, cut uh, losses. But that's all I've got. Uh, and should we move on to scraps? Yeah, bunch of scraps. Go, big man. Two scraps. Go. Uh, first of all, sad scrap. Um, so Paul Rubens, was he? You know, as Pee Wee Sherman. Yeah, I must admit, I don't really know who this guy is. Yeah, so he's he passed away. I think he was massive in America. He, I, I recognise the name, and I know Pee Wee Pee Herman or shit, whatever it yeah. was. But but yeah, he, he passed oh, away. Uh, private battle with cancer for six years. Do you want to give? He just I read on. his final. He done a final message, didn't he? That was yeah. quite sad. Yeah. So um, yeah, sad news. Sad news. Um, so another scrap. The Spy Kids Armageddon trailer was out today. <laughs> now I was watching this. I'll, I'll be very quick. It looks just like a. A shit film, but kids will probably love it. Zachary Levy's in it. Yeah, he's in it, yeah. Um, What I don't understand is, this is the only point I'll say, I know it's a reboot, but it doesn't matter what the kids look like. They can look like anyone, (laughs) but they look exactly the same as the old Spy Kids kids. Uh, Chuni, Arbyan, what's what's his name? Oh, Juni, Juni. Juni, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They look the same. The girl's a bit like tan, a bit Latina, and and the boy looks like the boy. Because wasn't the dad Antonio Banderas? Antonio Banderas, yeah. (laughs) And they look the same, and I think let's try and do a reboot. But they can look like anyone. Yeah, they have to look like the same. But whatever. But okay, fair enough. Enjoy I, it if you I want. didn't watch it, but I'll, I do actually want to watch it now. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've only got one scrap. Um, Donald Glover and his brother Stephen Glover will write the Disney Plus Lando Calrissian series. Uh, he was good in Solo, but yeah. I've got no interest in that. I feel like they missed the boat. Oh yeah, yeah. They, this is taking too long. It's going to be a couple of years probably before it comes out. I just, I, I can't see that doing particularly well. So, no. I mean, look, look at Indy. That flopped at the box office. Yeah, that was going So to I know that. he's an iconic character for an iconic IP, but can't see that doing very well. You'd as good to... as and talented as Donald Glover is. Yeah, you don't have to make shows and everything. You don't have to. <laughs> you can leave some. Save the budget. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, that's it for the show. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, next week, we'll have all the trailers, all the news. Uh, I think I'm going to go and watch The Meg 2 because it just looks hilarious. <laughs> uh, but we'll have it all coming for you. Um, uh, some big shows come around the corner. Only Murders in the Building Season 3 is coming back. Did you start watching that? No. I have. I've got to carry on, though. Fair play. Yeah. Uh, we've got a show car. Uh, that's around the corner. Yeah. Um, so we'll have it all for you but for this episode thank you for listening and thanks for having us in your ears